conversation like right now. And then I usually, I started, um, and I guess it would be post-production adding in the intro where I just do a, my little thing is, Hey dudes and dudettes, uh, welcome to, and I really have to make sure to enunciate the episode. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. Cause my name is Jep. Um, yeah. You named the episodes after me, right? Yes. Yes. Because you were, while I had ideas about starting my own podcast, you were technically the first, yours and Devin's were, was the first podcast I was on. And so I liked, I'm very big about paying gratitude forward and just honoring any types oh. of gifts, recognition, anything I get. And that was my way to kind of honor you and uh, you and Devin. Sorry, I couldn't get Devin's name in it. It's, it's tough. I'm thinking of something for him. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I appreciate that. You were honoring me, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I host a SpongeBob podcast with my friend Devin called Barnacles and um, yeah, it's just a great way for us to stay connected and connect with all our college friends. Um, and I think that's what you're experiencing now. You know, you're, um, getting to talk to people. Most of the people you're talking to, it sounds like have been like work people that you still yeah. get to see as opposed to like college people that you wouldn't get to see, but you get to, yeah, you get to dig into their, you know, personal lives and thoughts a little more than you do at work. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's nice because what was it probably in early 2020 gosh it felt like we had a, we were still busy but we had a lot of time to sit down connect really get to know our coworkers, and then just as we've exploded finding time is just few and far between which really stinks because we have a plethora of great people that we get to work with yeah and there's so many people that i don't know um you know i, I had to there were a lot of things i did at work that i had to know everybody until like 2022 like doing everybody's timesheet and stuff so a lot of people who started recently i just don't know except for nikki sits near me and we'll get into the topic in a second but nikki <laughs> found out i was left-handed so she wrote me a note with her left hand like hope you have a great day and then i wrote her one back with my right hand and yeah so <laughs> yeah so she yeah she uh wanted to make sure that i said uh she was my bff so uh <laughs> Well, uh, of course, shout, shout out to Nikki. I, I love her and Terry so much. They they are great. Um, are you are you proficient at anything with right-handed? Are you do you use um, right hand for anything like throwing? Not really. No, I throw with my left hand. I guess I kick with my left foot. No, I mean, I, yeah, right with my left hand. Yeah, I, I think if I got rid of my right hand, I'd I'd be just fine. No, uh, no, I'm yeah. I think left-handed people are more ambidextrous than right-handed people, but I, I don't think I am. I think I'm just pure left-handed. I would agree. It might have been Jessica I was talking to, but someone recently I was stumbling upon the conversation of right versus left. And when I throw with my left hand, it looks like I don't understand the concept of throwing at all. It looks so foreign, so alien. It, it doesn't look flattering at all. Yeah. Your body's not used to it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing that way. Yeah. But yeah. That's a good segue because we were talking to Jessica mm -hmm. and that's when this topic came up. So I was trying to think like, okay, I'm going to be on the Preston guest. I need to come with a topic. Also, side note, remember, the, and she's, she's going to listen to this episode, I'm sure. So, but, uh, <laughs> but um, she, we were talking, me and you and her were talking about your podcast and she said, you need to, we were, I was talking to uh, my boyfriend, Anthony, about this, and we decided you need to talk to people about things they're passionate about. And I was like, 
you just went up to Picasso and said, have you tried painting? Like, <laughs> yeah, I felt I did a pretty good job of explaining what my podcast was about. Yeah, no, she'll get on to me the second she hears this because we sit next to each other at work. But um, so you came in to the office where me and Jessica and Daniel are and you were officiating a wedding that week. It was like two weeks ago. Yep. And Jessica was going to her first wedding ever uh, that same weekend. And I was going to a wedding uh, the next weekend, which was yesterday. So we started talking about weddings and we went on for a good 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, there's my topic. Because I was thinking like, people were like, oh, you should talk about SpongeBob. It's like, I, I talk about SpongeBob enough. And uh, <laughs> I was trying to think through my interests. Like, I mean, I guess I could talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame, but like, you yeah, know, weddings, yeah. weddings sounds like something that I would never have thought to talk about it, except for the way that it happened. But it's a topic that's applicable to people, especially sure. people our age. Oh. And yeah, and I've been to, I counted before coming on here, 21 weddings, including my own that I've been to. Most of them in the last few years, like college and post-college. Um, so, yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts about different, you know, different issues regarding weddings. And so uh, I thought it'd be a good, you know, this could be a good one. Uh, yeah. Now, in terms of the weddings you've attended, you just mentioned you had one yourself. Is uh, Sarah your wife's name? Yeah. Yeah. My now, wife is named Sarah. We got Sarah. married in 2020. Yeah. What other roles besides of being the groom at a wedding and a guest, have you done any other roles um, in weddings? I have, I think, only been a groomsman in one wedding. Okay. So I, because Jessica was asking me, like, we were talking about she was going to her first wedding and I had been to a bunch of them. And she was asking me about, like, do you have to spend the night? I was like, I don't think I've ever spent the night for a wedding. I think I just drive there and drive back. Um, but there was one and it was Devin. So I was in Devin's wedding. Um, and we, yeah, we did actually have like a cabin that everybody who was in the wedding stayed at, um, the night before, but that's the only one that I've been in. Um, everything else, I think I've just been a guest. Sarah's been in a lot of weddings. So a lot of the weddings we've been to were her friends from back home, uh, when she was in Noonan. And so she's been in a lot of weddings that I wasn't in. Um, and that's kind of a funny situation when I'm just sitting there by myself um, and I'm at a wedding that I wouldn't otherwise be at except for Sarah. So it's like, I don't know any of these people. And <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Yeah, I've, I've always thought it's funny. I've been, a, I've been a plus one at weddings and it's just like, hey, I'm, I'm glad I'm a random person that just gets to show up to the most important day of your life. Uh, I've never met you, so don't expect a gift, but dinner was fabulous. Yeah, plus ones is an interesting topic because you, I think everybody wants to limit the number of plus ones that come because you don't know them Yeah, uh, usually. But you have to, people, a lot of people that you want to show up will not come if they have to come by themselves without their significant others. So yeah, that's a tricky one, but... <laughs> Yeah. You just try to limit it. I mean, like we only invited like one family with like, you know, four or five people in it. And other than that, it's like, no, you get one, like, don't, don't bring your kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little uh, tug and war of just, uh, you know, the, 
bride and grooms can certainly get carried away with kind of using the the bride and groom card you know um Mm -hmm. i've recently had a friend um like the destination weddings that's a that's that's a that can be a tricky tricky one to navigate you know you you just officiated a destination wedding right so uh, not 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 for me uh, per se, but um, mm-hmm. a lot of the the groom, who's one of my best friends, and I'm great friends with the bride as well. The groom, um, he's uh, uh, from India. His family is from India, so it yeah. was kind of, I guess they they had to do a good bit of traveling in. So, mm-hmm. but they were actually one of the ones I was supposed to officiate their wedding first, but they waited um, until they felt like they could have the day they wanted to have. So I, I applaud their uh, their patience with that. Yeah. Um, destination one. Well, I guess, you know, Snellville uh, can kind of be, a, that's a destination, right? That's where everybody wants to go to when they come to Atlanta. They want to go I to mean, Snellville. anything is a destination, isn't it? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a but, journey, not the destination. Yeah. No, you told me a story about a bunch of kids being at a, at a location. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I attended, I guess, two destination weddings when I, uh, when I used to guide camping trips in Maine. And so I happened to attend two uh, beautiful couple's weddings at 3.45 in the morning with about 70, 80 campers. They were not expecting to have come up to Acadia National Park. So, and um, it's a beautiful, serene location, but I think why a lot of people choose this, I'm not sure if you know this, but Acadia National Park, specifically Cadillac Mountain, it is the first place in the continental U.S. where the sun touches when it rises. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. We're going to um, we're going to New England, me and Sarah, uh, this summer. We were looking at Acadia National Park, but it, it seemed like because we're flying into Boston, like oh, that might be a little too far. But um, to go up yeah. to Acadia, but. yeah. So um, Boston's about two and a half hours from Portland, Maine, which I think is might be one of my favorite cities. Okay, it has a big city feel, but you don't have the population density of other major cities, and then water is my favorite thing on earth so it's right on the water so it's hard for me to get more of a utopia than cities that are on the water yeah okay yeah we might uh we'll check out portland yeah but um let's see so uh i guess we were talking about being a plus one when like sarah was in weddings um but one one time sarah was the maid of honor and there were no bridesmaids so there was like a a um best man who was like the brother of one of the mm-hmm. two and then sarah was the maid of honor she was best friends with the bride there were no bridesmaids or groomsmen and it was just funny i don't know if it's like a funny story but i thought it was hilarious because she got up and she was given a toast and she's like i guess i'm the bridal party <laughs> yeah i guess so. <laughs> yeah nice right. yeah. yeah also nice. that wedding um i think we had Waffle House to eat, mm-hmm. and that was something I was thinking about because the food, to us, the food was super important. Like that was, you kind of, especially if you're on a limited budget, you have to pick and choose like what's most important to you. For me, uh, for us, like food, and then I'll get to uh, some of the other things in a second, but the food was like super important, but it shouldn't just be like the fanciest food because I would much rather be at a wedding where they're eating like Waffle House or something, mm-hmm. then and like everybody's having a good time, then like a wedding where you eat like steak and then everybody's just like worn out after eating and like yeah. doesn't want to get up and dance or anything. Um, 
Yeah. So food being super important doesn't mean spend as much as possible on food or get the fanciest possible food, I think. Okay. Yeah. I've always thought I would love to do something as simple and may not be simple considering where we live, but as something as simple as just Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Get because everybody loves it. There. Yeah. Nuggets, fries, some chicken sandwiches. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's hard to go wrong with that. One wedding I went to that I thought it was a great choice in terms of what you were talking about, not too expensive, not fancy, but kind of hit the right amount of fill factor to where you weren't worn out, but it was a risky choice was barbecue. Yes, we actually had barbecue, yeah. Really? How, how? So walk me through the process. I would think that it would just be the mess that barbecue can traditionally create sometimes. How did, uh, did you have to get your wife on board? Did she suggest it? How did you guys end on barbecue? Um, we were on the same page. So we, our venue that we picked actually caters. So like if you, if you have a wedding at um, Enterprise Mills in Augusta, you have to pick their food. Like they, they don't let you um, have a outside food. So they had barbecue as an option with a bunch of barbecue type sides, you know, mac and cheese and that kind of thing. And they also had like steak and, and um, a few other things. Um, but we felt like barbecue was good, especially we got married in July. I mean, it, you know, so like seasonally, it seemed like a barbecue type. We were, you know, yeah. our wedding was outside, or at least the ceremony was, you know. Um, so it felt like, and that, I don't know, that just felt like more of a young person kind of thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> so we were both on the same page there. Um, it took some convincing for us to get our parents on board that we were going like the, the barbecue and not the steak and all. But um, yeah, I think that that turned out good. Another thing that we did not have a cocktail hour. So mm -hmm. that, and I understand why people have a cocktail hour. It's my least favorite part of any wedding. Um, but we went, people filed out straight from the ceremony, like into the building, into a line where they were being served barbecue like <laughs> all right so if, if you do that yeah i was waiting for you to finish but if people are just standing around while the rest of the bride and groom and the wedding party are taking pictures and you don't have anything to preoccupy them then i think that's a that's a dangerous game you're playing right there but the fact that it funneled straight into barbecue yeah that was a good move that was a good strategy yeah because i mean i usually it's alcohol that preoccupies people during the cocktail hour i guess but somebody who doesn't drink a lot that you know i just and i'm also you know more introverted i mean like i'll talk to my friends but i'm not going around meeting everybody there so it's it's a yeah it's not my favorite hour but like um it was because we were taking pictures with like family as people were in line and then the family could get in line but um that felt like that kept the flow going because it's hard any any like Thing you do any like um, program you have going on it's hard to like have good flow stop it for longer than like a 10 minute break and then like get the flow back going I feel like you know yeah and that's one thing it feels like it, weddings are almost broken down into segments just yeah. like you're shooting some type of like tv script or tv ad and so they're segments you got the dances that you have to get through the introduction of the bride and groom the bridal party all this stuff and it feels like they always come at the most inopportune times when yeah. the night's going pretty well. And it's like, hey, now that everybody's having fun, you're out there dancing, let's uh, let's stop this immediately. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, we're, we're emotional. Uh, it was moving. Um, it was sweet. All right, now let's bore you to tears. And <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. But um, yeah, that was great. The other one thing about eating is that we didn't get to eat much. We did actually, our wedding planner, um, you know, was very thoughtful and made sure that we got like a to-go, both me and Sarah had to-go boxes mm -hmm. to eat um, kind of separately by ourselves uh, before we like walked in and they were like, you know, for the second time as a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Jeff and Sarah, you know, um, but we didn't eat much. I mean, come on, you're, you're so nervous. You're so amped. You, you got a lot on your mind. Like we, we yeah. weren't. Yeah. But yeah. it was a sweet gesture and you should try to do that. You might be hungry, but like, yeah, we, we couldn't do that. But yeah. And I've, I've found with the last three weddings I've gone to, I've actually been fortunate enough to officiate it. And I feel there's also this certain, I don't know if it just happens this way, but it feels like if you're in the wedding party in any type of way, people act like you're the chief of staff on the presidential cabinets and yeah. they have access to the president, the people they're trying to get to. So they ask you a bunch of questions and then they're just congratulating you on being part of the process. Like I actually had an impact <laughs> on it in some way. And you just got to kind of go through the pleasantries and it's just kind of like you said, it's like, man, now that my part's over, I just want to recharge with some food and then get some drinks in me and yeah. just have people coming up to you, especially like this past wedding. I'm just trying to hang out and talk with one of my friends who I hadn't seen in a while. She moved out to Austin and just like, man, she's just one of the coolest people I've ever met. And then people just keep coming up at inopportune times and just, Oh, Hey, great job. You did this, that, that. And it's, you're almost like a wedding celebrity yourself. Yeah. So, uh, what was it like being an officiant? I've never, I've never done that. Um, but that sounds fun. It seems like you were very prepared, uh, had a good time with it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a huge honor. And first, I, um, I'll only officiate weddings where I really know the couple, where I really know the people, because I want it to be, I want it to be unique and authentic. And one thing I have to preference to all the couples when they say, hey, we want a Nicola Presti officiated wedding. I'm like, are yeah. you sure? Is that what you really want? Because I'm always going to be authentic, genuine myself, but I also understand that I'm officiating wedding, you know? So it's, um, it's very cool. It's, it's humbling to be asked to put words to their, their most important day of their lives at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That is an honor. I was thinking about what makes a good officiate. Um, we had a great one. Um, this guy, Daniel Simmons, he had been like a pastor to us, uh, in college and um, yeah, he, he did some cool things like he, and I, I, we didn't even know he was gonna do this, but he said like, I asked the bridesmaids and groomsmen um, for a few words to describe Jeff and Sarah and here's what they said. And then he, you know, read those. Was, wow. Yeah, it was a cool touch, but yeah, I was thinking about like, cause I think there's two things you're looking for in an officiate. One is somebody who knows you really well mm -hmm. and who can speak to you uh, specifically and then the other is like somebody who's a good public speaker can give a good like little sermon or whatever, you know, it may not be like a religious sermon, but like a good little talk and who can keep the flow going, who can make announcements, tell, you know, tell the crowd where they need to go afterwards and all. Um, and yeah, you don't always get both of those. Cause I've been to weddings where like the father of the bride was the officiate mm -hmm. and 
that's really sweet. And they, the father of Brian should be involved in some capacity, but like they weren't good public speakers. Also, it's super emotional when your, your daughter's getting married. And so it's like, yeah. you don't want the officiate to be crying harder than anybody else. That's, that's kind of a problem. Like that, that was my worry with this last one. I was very, and I was very deeply connected with all the couples I've officiated mm -hmm. with. But again, it felt like when the previous two couples asked me, and they all asked me within, all three of the couples asked me within about a month of each other. Oh my gosh. But with Atchel and Jenny, who I just officiated the wedding for, again, they they waited patiently. Not that their way was better than, you know, the other two weddings I officiated. It was just what they wanted to do. They waited patiently. So it was like, I was on this two and a half year journey with them and just talking with them, finally waiting for the day to come. And then it did yeah. come and it was, it was beautiful. Everything was perfect. And they've done so much for me in my life personally. Um, so I was really, really nervous about making sure I could not only honor them, but their families as well, because they've um, had such a big impact in my life. So I was happy I could do that. Yeah. And it's good to be nervous because you're taking it seriously, but that's, that sounds like you were exactly the right person to get because, you know, you are a good public speaker. You know, you just did, just did some stand up comedy the other day. I heard yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Getting that, getting that career going, and getting the public speaking going, and uh, I feel like that's what I've, I've been born to do. What I'm, what I'm called to do. Yeah, I am not. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was nervous about just like giving vows and stuff. Um, it's like I feel like as a kid, I was like, oh man, weddings, you got to public speak at them. Like, no, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so. Did your, have any of the couples you did, uh, were they, um, did they have their own vows or do they just do the standard ones or? So they actually, um, excuse me, they actually um, really didn't do anything in particular. Um, the first and this last one, it was a pretty generic repeat after me thing that we did and none of them actually officially exchanged vows. Mm -hmm. The middle wedding that I officiated the bride, the bride, I'll stress Anna, was uh, more fond of this. She wanted to kind of do vows, but she also wanted to do it off uh, memory. And the groom, Chris, who's one of my best friends, he was freaking out. And he stayed at my house the night before the wedding mm -hmm. so the bridal party could stay at his house. And he was worried on top of all the other stuff you have to be worried about during your wedding day about just remembering anything. And he's like, what do you think about this? I was like, I think it's a sweet sentiment, but you're probably going to be, like you said, Chris, nervous, and you're probably going to forget the lines. I, you guys do what you want to do. I'm here to just facilitate what you guys want, but I know I'm going to be the only one out there with a script, so I feel confident in me landing those lines. And um, so he's like, yeah, man, I just need you to kind of help, not not talk her out of it, but just uh, explain to her the other side. So the day of the wedding, um, I went into the bridal suite when they're pretty much done getting ready and we're about 30 minutes from walking out. I was like, hey, Anna, if you want, no problem doing this. However, I know I'm not going to mess up my lines because I have the script right in front of me. You know, I think mm -hmm. the nerves are probably going to maybe cause you to be a little more erratic and nervous than you were thinking about. And uh, she just kind of agreed with me and what Chris was wanting. And we kind of did a similar repeat after me. And it was just, we take it in chunks where it's a few words at a time. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I, I think about like engagement, like getting engaged. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I said something like um, these last three years have been great and I want to have many more. And I was like, uh, we, 
it wasn't great. I wouldn't have written that out. Um, yeah, and I remember uh, my friend Devin saying like, uh, "I'd be the biggest idiot in the world if I, you know, it was." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask you. Yeah, and it's just like, it's tough to like a huge life moment. Yeah. To just speak from the heart, like <laughs> you kind of need to think about it a little bit. But Val's, um, yeah, no, we wrote ours out. Had him typed out, you know, took out paper and read it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I am none of my friends who have um who I've officiated weddings for are really that religious. And um that's one thing I'm kind of interested in potentially looking forward to doing one day is a, a wedding where I do get to kind of put a little more religious spin on it if if that's what they want. You know, I was looking over the it's essentially a pamphlet of mm-hmm. from the Universal Life Church. That's who I'm ordained through. And I think they have the ability to officiate a pagan wedding. That's one thing I'm kind of just uh, perplexed by, a pagan wedding. I think we got you freezing up a little bit, Jeff. We'll see in a second. But right now on the Preston Guest, I got my buddy Jeff McNair on. He's a, one of the co-hosts of a great podcast called Barnacles. We're going to pause right now until we get Jeff back. I can cut that out of no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Again, I just kind of like my uh, conversations to be raw. I'm not yeah. super big into editing, not only just because I'm not too proficient with it, but I do kind of just want these conversations to be raw. And that's uh, one of the reasons I started my podcast, man, is I just, I think we're going through a communications crisis more than anything in this world. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is try and present doctored, perfect, just edited conversations. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So we're recording over Zoom. That's what happened. But speaking of Zoom, uh, that's a good segue back in. So Excellent we, podcasting, Jeff. Yeah. I, so um, we got engaged September 2019. Uh, we got married July 2020. I don't know if you keep up with the news. Uh, no. Um, so about four months before we were supposed to get married, um, COVID hit. We, I've heard of this. Yeah threw a little bit of a wrench in our plans, but we actually have some friends from college, uh, Mark and Mariana, who um, were getting married um, before us. And what they did was they just kind of like had a ceremony with just the bridesmaids and groomsmen and the family and uh, nobody else. And it was over Zoom. And, it was, and so we watched it over Zoom. And then a year later, they got um they had a ceremony so that the, a year later we went to it and it was a really cool ceremony because they weren't getting married they'd been married for a year but they each of the bridesmaids and groomsmen went down the line and said um some words about mark and mariana so there was no officiate and there were no you know saying i do but they but they filled that time with that instead and it was really cool um but I took that, that day that we watched it on Zoom, I had a different idea, which was, because we had already sent out the invitations. Yeah. Okay, everybody's still invited, but we'll also have an option to watch on Zoom. So that cut it down by like a half. Okay. And that I think worked out really well. In fact, I was thinking like, man, this was so good. I think even after uh, all this is said and done, I think people are gonna get married on Zoom you know, ha- or film their ceremony and have it live stream, you know, just into the future. And 
I think that has not happened. I think the yeah. last several weddings I've been to, they did not do that. So I think that that trend died out. But um, I thought it was great because there were people, I mean, even, you know, there were people from other states, there were family, my dad's Sunday school class of, you know, senior citizens who we did not invite, but like they all got to watch it, you know? So and like- There's two couples that got married in Acadia National Park. They did not invite me in the 80, uh, 13 year olds that ascended upon their it didn't, man. Well, those kids also wouldn't have watched on Zoom, I feel like, but they might have. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was funny. But um, I look back on our wedding really fondly. I think we had the right number of people there. I think it probably would have been too many if we had had like 140 instead, we had like 70. Um, I think that that worked out really well. But, and I really like the, it's just like a good time capsule. The pictures and all of, there's a great picture that I love of my dad walking down the aisle, like with a mask on, like waving at people. Cause I was really protective of my dad cause he's 88. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, he looks very happy and you know, uh, it, yeah, it turned out great. As far as any of us, any of our families or us have heard, nobody got COVID from our wedding. so. Um, I think it turned out great. We, we did everything we could. And it's really funny because there's pictures of people and people, there were some girls there that danced hard for yeah. like two hours with a mask on. And it's really yeah. funny seeing pictures of it. But um, yeah, so there was that. But <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so um, uh, part of this last wedding that I officiated, um, I was saying that my, the groom, my best friend, Atchel, him and his family are from India. And so on Friday, we did um, an Indian ceremony, not as traditional as they normally do, because I hear they last for days. But Yeah, they'll have multiple ceremonies. Right? It was so much fun. It just started off with a 30, 45-minute dance party, and it just set the tone for the entire weekend. And uh, I was actually able to use that and uh, weave that into my opening line for the speech, because that was um, normally with the other two wedding ceremonies I have is um, I'll get that first opening line and that's kind of like the fuse has been lit and now it's the, it's all downhill from there in terms of my ideas, my writing really starts to flow. With this one, I had gotten the meat and potatoes, the main body of the script written down, but I couldn't figure out like a proper opening line for them and just kept telling myself, don't force it. It'll come. It'll come. And then Friday morning was there. I was like, I know we said not to force it and it'll come. It has got to write it up. We, we're cool 30 hours away from uh, needing this opening line. So, so what was the opening gonna, line? Yeah, we're going to have to choose here sooner or later. Yeah. What'd you go with? Uh, um, I, I, I just said something to the effect of a shout out to everybody who was able to make it um, from yesterday's epic dance party. Because that, yeah. that, that's what it was. Yeah. So. Um, that raises another, the, the other thing that, besides food the other thing that was super important to us was the dancing because there I am very much somebody who doesn't I mean I've taken dance classes and stuff particularly in like high school but I'm very much somebody who doesn't like to be the center of attention or even like freestyle dance in public or anything um that was not my forte at all um you don't say but there's, I mean, if you, you know, if you know me, that makes sense. But I, 
it was very convinced after even just like a few weddings in college and all like that makes or breaks whether the wedding's fun or not like just like if people are dancing and having a good time it's a fun wedding and if they're not it's it's basically not and there's no nobody's watching you nobody cares the quality of your dancing i don't even know if like quality of dancing is even a thing that actually exists like it's just like you're just yeah. flailing around like nobody is grading you but what they are feeling is whether or not it's a fun atmosphere and so if you can be a part of creating that do it and so now i just commit you know i just go out there and go for it um yep absolutely yeah. i feel like a good barometer of if the music is good or not is if you can get the parents of the bride and groom out there dancing i feel like you've done you've done something right i feel like you you've really found found that area that sweet yeah spot. we were taking pictures um like our photographer called us out me and sarah to um take pictures outside during the reception and devin came out and yelled jeff your mom's dancing to michael jackson <laughs> it was really funny i was like that's what she was raised on like uh, so when you're uh, when you're at a wedding, do you have or at your wedding, is there an absolute go-to wedding song that you feel is a must to play? Oh, um, is it? There's so many different like line dances. I'm, is it the, the one that's like and kick and kick? And, is that the Cupid Shuffle? Yeah, that's the Cupid Shuffle, right? Walk your body, yeah, that one. And I. <laughs> Yeah, the I love that one because I'm such a goober at this. I kick the whole, literally the whole time. I kick when I'm going to the left, kick when I'm going to the right, kick when I'm supposed to kick. You're pretty much a rocket. You're a rocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just not going as high, but like I'm just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't want to show them up, you know. Next thing you know, you're you're the center of attention in New York City Radio Music City Hall. And that's what it is. A bunch of girls are out of work and it, it's just a whole issue that we don't want to, you know, we want to let them have their time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, um, so we wanted to make sure we had a good DJ. So we asked a DJ who performed at a wedding we went to, who was great. And he said, no, but I'll get my friend. So we got his friend, um, <laughs> but he was still good. So <laughs> there was that. <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm so honored no he like ran like a, a wedding dj company he was like well i'm booked but i got an employee yeah okay okay he's booked, he's booked. i thought it was just it was just a hard pass no thank you and the weekend's wide open by the way i just want to let you know where you and sarah stay yeah um that's that's probably what happened he might have he just said it nicer than that but um but he was great because he was like okay let's make a spotify playlist of you know good songs um that y'all like dancing to and we put in i mean we put in stuff that was just like specific to us kind of yeah like usually you don't play hamilton at a wedding oh my gosh we did you do cabinet battle no we did uh my shot he played we put it in there yeah I he played the whole entire six minute song and I rapped the whole thing. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the whole entire musical. I was like, wow. Uh, the three hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. Uh, we didn't even get married that day. It was just uh, no, 
We, <laughs> just takes you through all the emotion. <laughs> it's so much emotion. Um, but couldn't imagine I wasn't dancing when his son got shot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in that play. But um, I yeah, so I wasn't. I was specifically trying not to be the center of attention. And I was just like looking at Devin, just wrapping it to him. But then it was like, okay, there's clearly a semicircle forming around me. Yep. So I just turned around and embraced it and, and um, wrapped it. And it was very, it was the second, uh, my second favorite moment of the wedding. I've, I've said that before and been asked, what was your first favorite? Like, I mean, getting married, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... I thought that was obvious, but. You, um, you, you have to say that for, for <laughs> litany of reasons. I got married that day. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was very funny. And then they jumped in like, you know, let's get this guy in front of a crowd. You know, they, they did oh, those man. lines. Yeah. Um, that was funny. But yeah, that was so great. And then Sarah's kind of version of that was Dancing Queen from Mamma Mia, the ABBA song. Yeah. So yeah, ABBA. Yeah. So um, so she she did that. That was like the last song of the night, I think. Yeah. But we had a lot of fun songs in there. Yeah. Gosh. I um I saw Mamma Mia when it first came out in North Carolina and kind of just did a, a little mandate with me, and my buddy Rick. We were on our friends' yeah. uh, family reunion. And that was when the Dark Knight had just come out. Yes, they came so, out the same day. I, I I know that as a random trivia effect. <laughs> yep. We're going to we're going to Outer Banks, North Carolina. So it's about 10 hour drive. So we drive there one day and stop at a hotel on the way there. And then the next day we complete the second half of the drive. And so when we stop to go to a hotel, um, we just look up a local movie theater and we go see the dark night. And then since we're in the outer banks for eight week, um, one of the things we did, cause there was a day or two that it rained, we saw some other movies at a movie theater. The only problem was this movie theater had new movies, but it only had four theaters. And the other options were Step Brothers and Wally and Mamma Mia. We got, we're going to pause again. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Good, I'm good. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not your fault. Obviously, um, the Illuminati and the powers that be understand that two of the biggest podcast hosts are together on one podcast and they're, they're trying to do whatever they can to just take our knees out from under us. It's it's understandable when you have the following we have. That's true. And also we're talking about a super controversial topic that, um, uh, yeah, they, they don't want people to know about weddings. Uh, yeah, I, think yeah. That's I mean, there's, there's potential that, you know, misinformation can get put out there and then you don't want people to just hijack a few of these clips and just, uh, you know, manipulate it to just spread that misinformation. But I felt I thought we've been very careful with how we've articulated this message on our thoughts about weddings. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I, I think we were talking about stepbrothers. No. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we were. Yeah. We've been all over. Yeah. And so. So, so Mamma Mia. You saw Mamma Mia. Um, yeah. Because we had seen uh, stepbrothers already that um, that trip as well. And I, I got to say, it, it, it's, it's, it's just an overrated movie. It's, it's not that great. Uh, yeah, I, speaking of Mamma Mia, though, uh, I do think that has the best sequel title of all time, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect name, 
Yeah, I would not accept any other name for that movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm a sucker for puns too. I I love them. I love them. So I thought that was aptly named. Yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, I I did. I had my shot, and Sarah had Dancing Queen. Um, but yeah, we had so many people. I think I said this earlier. We had so many girls who just absolutely tore it up on the dance floor. Uh, wearing a mask just like it was so funny there's a picture because Sarah made um, like a scrapbook of pictures there's one picture where this girl is like I guess like spinning her head around and it looks like a body and then hair and there's no head it it really looks like there was not a head on this body and it's so funny but (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but um, gotta love it yeah, so that's that segues into another thing. Pictures, mm-hmm. um, pictures are super important because the a lot of the, both engagements and like wedding ceremonies, very short amount of time, you know. But the pictures last forever, and um, so yeah, it's super important. You get somebody who like you like their style. I think there's basically in our like friend circles, uh, a lot of the weddings I've been to. There's like two photographers who are popular and one of them, her pictures are like super bright. Um, Very like, very like sunshiny, very well lit. The other one is like kind of more like trendy. I think she uses like a filter. It looks a little, Uh a little darker, a little moodier. Um, And a lot of people use her, but for me, I just really wanted like the, I just um, really glad we went with like the bright pictures super sunny particularly i mean because that's that's what it was particularly when we got engaged um like on a um a morning in september and then like getting married in july like i just want you know i um i love that we have these bright colorful pictures i love like you know the the pinks pop you know like i love like easter colors that kind of thing so getting a good photographer is really important because you know our our like grandparents great-grandparents you know they're the pictures of them you, we we know they had to have been more attractive than that because they right. you know it's just oh, yeah. well, it's my, like my is everything uncle fox my my grand grandma's babe but i mean they don't they it doesn't come across in the pictures you know you see old pictures it's like i think we're going to be happy that we have just these bright crisp clear images you know um and they're great for like sarah made scrapbooks for my parents her parents us i mean like you know so yeah, the pictures are super important. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then. And I've we actually, good. <laughs> I, I actually um, made announcements at the weddings I officiated um, that uh, during the ceremony we want the focus to just be on the ceremony, and I always make a joke. And that's the problem with me is people just don't know when that funny actually also crosses the threshold of being reality. And I was like. Hey, I assure you, if uh, they wanted your hashtag no uh, no filter uh, Insta pictures, they would have hired you for photography. And people oh, yeah. inevitably come up uh, um, during the reception and the cocktail hour. They're like, "That was so funny what you said about like the pictures." I was like, "Yeah, it's also true. They didn't want you taking photos." And they're like, "Huh? I wonder why." It's like, I don't know. If I had to guess, it's maybe that we want the focus of the day to be on them and not your stupid yeah. Photos. Oh, it's very obvious if you've been married. Yeah. Put your phones away because you don't want phones to be in the pictures, first of all. 
Yeah. And you don't want phones being held up and blocking other people's feet. Yeah, just just put the phones away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. These photographers and videographers are thousands of dollars and they do their job very well. If you're that passionate about it, get a card from them and see how you can become a wedding photographer. Other than that, stop taking photos and pictures just so you can put it on your Instagram stories and get likes, okay? Nobody cares. Yeah. And um, we weren't going to have a videographer until uh, the Zoom thing. Um, then we had to. But we had one uh, that was great that like did it for free. We still tipped her. Um, but uh, yeah. You, you there? We, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, it, and that worked out really well. But um, I remember, so our first look, um, have your weddings done a first look or do they like wait to see each other during the ceremony or anything like that? Or were they just around each other the whole day? Um, so it's interesting. Um, yeah, the others, um, the first two, they waited until the bride was walking down the aisle to like see her on her wedding day. But with this last couple, Atchel and Jenny, they went down to the, um, I believe they got legally married at the Cobb County Courthouse, probably six seven months ago if not more and honestly as far as officiating goes that is the most stressful part for me is filling out the marriage certificate giving the speech and delivering the ceremony that it has nothing on the stress that filling out the form correctly has on me um and so then we had friday where they had the indian ceremony and then saturday it was actually the first time i had seen again since they had already got legally married then they had the Indian ceremony the day before and Saturday we did all the photos beforehand so he saw the bride before she walked down the aisle yeah okay yeah we did a first look um they came in the the photographer and the videographer uh they're both women they came and got me and they said um Sarah's ready for the first look she looks beautiful and I was like that's great and then I, you know, being me, I was like, did anybody go get there and say, like, Jeff looks handsome? They're like, no. Like, okay, okay. I, <laughs> we won't I be don't, don't want to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. The first look was really funny because um, they said, okay, you stand there. They took pictures of me first and they were like, you stand there. Um, Sarah's going to come up behind you. What is going to happen next is she is going to giggle. Don't turn around when she giggles. When she taps you on the shoulder, then turn around. And that is exactly what happened to a T. She walk, I heard her walking up. I heard her giggle, but don't turn around then. Then she tapped me on the shoulder. Then I turned around. It was very funny that they knew exactly what was, what was going to happen. Well, they're true pros. True pros. <laughs> but yeah um let's see i had some other things i wrote down um oh i've been to okay one out of the 21 weddings that i counted yeah. one of them they said the the whole thing about if anybody objects to this wedding speak now or forever hold your peace most weddings don't do that i don't, I, I hope you didn't do that I don't. <laughs> no no no, and again, this last one, they, they were already legally married, so the time for that had already passed. Yeah, can you imagine if somebody, like, 
objected to your wedding and that was the avenue by which they did it like you 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 know how much you pay per person that's there for them to come to your wedding and like eat your food and like object <laughs> how did that even get started how did we even decide that was the appropriate time to ask like that's clearly not yeah that that would be uh, like a pilot announcing mid-flight if anybody has anxiety with flying now would be the time to let us know yeah if anybody wants to go to baltimore instead of boston like no we this it's way too late for this yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the ship <laughs> we, we're, we're headed towards that iceberg one way or another yeah that's so, so yeah. did any did anyone object when no nobody objected but there's but and then it's a long awkward pause like that's the most awkward like 20 seconds where you're waiting on somebody to object to the wedding. Jeff, you, you know what that represents to me? That represents poor risk reward analysis. That's true. What is the reward here? No. <laughs> okay, cool. We, we have the congregation's permission to now get married. You know, all those plus ones that we're meeting for the first time. I've never met Lopresti before, but now now seems like the time for him to speak up on this marriage that he knows nothing about. Yeah, what if a plus one objected? Oh man. Yes, yeah, and you'd also think you'd have to like give a reason why you're the person to object to this. You know, you, you'd almost have to go through an interview type process. Yeah, what like we're nobody is not going to get married because somebody objects to it. Yeah. Yeah. You, what information do you have that would be prudent to present to everybody in attendance right now that suggests that this marriage shouldn't go forth? Yeah, unless it's like I am already legally married to one of these two people. Like, okay, that's that <laughs> might be the only thing I can think of. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, something along that line. And again, is that the place? Like, I'm I'm going to just tell my future wife. Like, God forbid if they ever and people do unfortunately get cold feet and back out right there on the altar. I'm just going to come up with some type of agreement. If you feel you want to back out, that's fine. Just say, yes, we'll go through with it and then we'll figure it out from there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Don't let, don't make it awkward. Let's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did you have any um, nerves about that, about Sarah just uh, uh, delivering anything other than yes, when asked if she wanted to uh, marry you and once you were actually at the ceremony? Oh, uh, no. I mean, I, I think I was, you know, everybody is nervous when they propose, I think, because, you know, even though you already usually already talked about it, we had already talked about it. But no, at the ceremony, no, I had no nerves about that. But um, I was just nervous. Just the public speaking thing. Um, I mean, I'm always nervous about that, but that was fun. I mean, you know, I had my vows written out and everything. I was very in July 2020, I was very pessimistic about the world. And in my vows, I included, I know I included the phrase post-apocalyptic wasteland because I was like, I'm committing to you for better or worse. It seems like it's going to be the worst, not because of our marriage, but because of like just the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, so my vows were interesting that way. But no, I wasn't nervous about um the other vows that I do vows, I was, I was pretty confident about those, but yeah. Um, another type of people that can ruin a wedding mm -hmm. uh, are babies. Uh, yeah. We said no babies 
we put that on our wedding website. No babies. Because um, we, I, I went to a wedding pretty recently. We did that. And, you know, you just got to think about like, so the baby was getting pulled by the flower girl down the aisle. Yeah. And it's been a long day. The baby is wearing uncomfortable clothes. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to cry. Like, she's oh, yeah. going to cry. But it just, the ceremony is only like 20 minutes long. Like, you're not going to get the baby to stop crying before the ceremony is over. Like, it's, that, you know, that's pretty much it for your ceremony if the baby starts crying. Yeah. My, um, my first wedding I officiated, my, my uh, best friend's wife sat right in the front row and she had her toddler. And um, he, he's known me all his life. And at some point in the middle of the ceremony, he's like, hey, look, there's, there's Nick, there's Nick. And I heard him say it and I was like, Hey Memphis, I'm uh, more than happy to talk with you, but right now I'm kind of in the middle of something, so I want to just finish up the speech and just was able to get a laugh out of it. And that's when I think I was telling you and Jessica. Then some guy in the audience thought that was his cue to try and be funny and take over the ceremony, and that's when I just had to sweep the legs and just hit him with a pretty blistering and quick, just funny quip, and just stared him down to let him know who the alpha was. He was he was looking at it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you really got to watch who you invite if that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think the groom side of the family was incredibly relaxed with some of their wardrobe and stuff. And the, um, the brother of the groom, who's also one of my best friends, just mentioned it to me. He's like, Jesus Christ, we, we have a wedding and they come up in shorts and stuff. And so the wedding was actually at the groom's mother's house. They've got this beautiful piece of property on a cul-de-sac and the neighborhood oh. has about maybe 40 or 50 houses. So it's not that big of a neighborhood and everybody kind of knows everybody because of the size. And they typically have big July parties and stuff like that. So that was actually the second or third wedding that they've had at the house. So it's, um, they're used to it there, but um, yeah, even, even with that, with still a wedding, they, there were people that showed up in shorts and just, I don't know. You know uh, turn, so I guess. They had probably been to the house a lot and thought like, oh, you know, this is our place. Like, yeah, but no, it's not. The thing you have to remember about other people's weddings is it's not about you. <laughs> like, it's about them. You got to just blend in and be <laughs> what you're supposed to be and play your part because anything else, you're just going to upstage them. Yeah. Man. But yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Don't, yeah, do not talk during somebody else's wedding unless you were supposed to. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah. with kids and stuff, like, you can kind of expect it just because they're not adults who know how to process their thoughts and, yeah. and understand the importance of a moment. And so I just played on it. I was like, hey, Memphis, I'm happy to talk to you, but I'm kind of just wrapping up a speech right now. It's, it's Yeah, that's how kids are, it. yeah. And then yeah. some guy just, and again, it wasn't like it was in, like, also, if you're going to speak out, I feel like you have to be within the first few rows to speak out and really time the moment right. And he didn't time the moment right. And he was just further back in the audience. And then I just looked at him and just said something jokingly. And everybody laughed. And I think my friends who really know me were like, yeah, that's Lepresti bringing humor to the situation, but also just cut me down and let me know that if anybody else wants to treat this as our open mic night, you're, you're going to get cut down pretty hard pretty quickly by by, by a master yeah yeah you, you're using humor to a drive home a point yeah yeah absolutely
yeah um, yeah it's instead of just like just firing a shot right across the, the bow i just give give a little humor humorous dig but let them know that next one i'm, I'm sinking the battleship yeah oh and another thing i guess related is like um having the, like a game like a football game on during a reception i i feel like i get it and i've been that i've been one of the people who was watching a game because there was a wedding that i went to when like the falcons were playing a playoff game or something but like i would hard pass on any sort of game being played uh you know during my wedding or anything um that's yeah i feel like that kind of ruins it because then people aren't it it the reception you know is more lenient than the ceremony but it's still kind of like you're you know you're disrupting you're not focused on the wedding you know i would hard pass on something like that but yeah if you're giving them a bunch of options and myself included and it might not even as long as football's on it doesn't even have to be a game i like that's how much i like football that i'll probably watch the, the game rather than the wedding yeah it's hard not to so you gotta just uh keep that off or else it's it's hard not to watch but yeah um uh but yeah i think that i guess my closing argument about weddings is that it's all about the marriage not so much about the wedding and if you have rain or you have a baby crying or you have you know people there you don't know or whatever as long as you are celebrating getting married to this person it's gonna be and you have that attitude it's gonna be a good day and as long as you're too stressed about the wedding and not focused on the marriage you know you're gonna find problems you're gonna find things you don't like about the day and you're gonna be frustrated so um yeah, it's all a celebration of the two people. And by that token, do whatever you want. I mean, particularly, you know, we had a wedding during a time in which society was rethinking kind of everything. Mm -hmm. And so we did things like, you know, had a Zoom option and stuff. And like, you don't have to stick to these super rigid um, things. I don't think we did whatever that phrase is about like something borrowed, something blue, whatever. Yeah, that's you know, you don't have to do anything you don't have to do anything that doesn't appeal to you. Um, but yeah, make it your own. Um, we walked into our wedding reception, you know, for the second time as a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Jeff and Sarah McNair to the song Strut from the Cheetah Girls 2. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I am. Um, I, I always send one of my good girlfriends, Amy, when I'm about to go hang out with her, we'll just end it with like, hey, see you soon. And then I'll send her a, a gif of a, Believe in Mister, we're cheated girls, cheated sisters. So, yeah. yeah, we stand together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we God, I gotta rewatch that now today. That should be the closing song on this podcast. Is Strut. Um, but yeah, Raven Simone would let me get those rights. I, she'd be foolish not to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, we would bring that song back. It'd be viral. Yep, we're, we're, yeah, that song will be viral look into uh, how we can get immediately. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so do 
you know, you don't have to do what necessarily like your parents did when they got married or something, even though you'll get a lot of advice, but ultimately, and listen to the advice, but ultimately do what uh, makes you as a couple distinct um, and honor that. And uh, whether it's, you want good food, you want good music, you want good pictures, pick the things that are going to make it fun for you and, uh, and then do that. And uh, you should have a good wedding. So that's, <laughs> yeah, those are my thoughts on weddings, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, a, what a weird concept. If you uh, put more work into the marriage than the actual day, it seems like you're more likely to be successful. That's it's, stage wisdom. It's, it's shocking how quick weddings are. They're like, the ceremony is literally like 20 minutes and you spent eight months preparing for it. Yeah. But the definitely the so just keep that in mind. The marriage is infinitely more important and infinitely longer uh, than the ceremony is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would attend I would tend to agree. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the day I get to go through that process and uh, enjoying it and everything that comes along with it. But uh Jeff, before we uh before we get you out of here, and I wanted to just yeah. thank you for coming on and being a I guess uh, returning the favor of um, being my guest on the Pressing Guest Podcast. Uh, uh, what's a, just for people listening at work, home, school, wherever, what's the name of your podcast? Yeah, um, my podcast is called Barnacles with Jeff and Devin. Um, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I assume you know how to listen to podcasts if you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, we talk about SpongeBob. And if that's not your cup of tea, uh, you're probably not going to enjoy it, but we just go through each episode and um, uh, just, you know, relive our childhoods and laugh and goof off and quote other episodes unrelated to the one we're watching. And uh, it's a good time. Yeah. But um, this was also a good time. And I'm really glad that uh, you not only had me on, but you uh, named them Jepisodes. That was, you know, that was an honor. And um, yeah, this was so much fun. Uh looking forward to hearing other episodes uh, that you got coming up two episodes, two episodes. Uh, oh sorry i man i immediately messed that up other episodes hey, <laughs> if anyone's allowed to it's 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 you it's you you know you've just had this responsibility thrust upon you that you're now having to learn how to live and deal with you know and uh, i commend you you've got such such grace through the whole process yeah well i'm glad to see that you immediately correct people when they say episodes i want to make yeah. sure you know, if Jessica ever says episodes, you, you know, you, uh, may, you jump in there right away with, uh, no, it's not, that's not what it's called. Yep. And she knows what it's called. So make sure she says it, you know, you don't even have to remind her. Just yep. I'll, I'll, I'll stay on top of that. And then when I start, um, when I get the ability to monetize this podcast, we'll figure out some way to make sure you get your, uh, proper financial due for that as well. Oh yeah, I was looking into the legal stuff. I think I get like ninety percent of the money, but um, seems, we'll, we'll work it out. Fair. That seems fair. It seems low, honestly. It seems low. I'll have, yeah, I'll have my people talk to your people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, before I let you go, one thing I like to do—I don't really have any segments or anything. If I did have one segment, I just like to leave the audience and the guest with a little quote for each yeah. episode. And um, since we talked about weddings and love and all that comes along with it, I thought it was appropriate. To leave you with one of my favorite quotes that I recently read, and it goes like this Love more, never less. Will you take a hit from time to time? Of course you will. Do it anyways. Jeff, mm. 
thank you so much for being my uh, my fourth guest on uh, the episode. And uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. I can't I can't can't express my gratitude enough. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. Yeah, it's a good quote. All right, buddy. Well, I'll let you go, and I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Bye, Jeff.